Um, thanks, Chris yeah. and the boys. Welcome to the Illinois Resort and Convention Center Hotel here in Zion, Illinois. This is Fatter by the Lake live podcasting. It is. Got Gomez to my left. Hola, amigos. <laughs> he made you. a big sound. There you go. I think I got a Tums for you, bro. <laughs> I told you I'd get excited. Got JK down at the end of the table. Oh, ho, ho, eh? Made that big drive down from Milwaukee. Oh, yes, that was. It should have gone faster because, like, south is, like, downhill, right? So. Yeah. It just makes sense. So, uh, how many Fatter by the Lakes have we had, Mr. Chris? Eight, nine? Eight or nine. I've lost track. It's been yeah. a lot. 2012, well, perhaps? I believe First so. one? Yeah. Probably. Something like that? Yeah. Makes sense in the chronology of, of the early days? Yeah. And they, uh, they kept getting bigger and bigger, and here we are, kicking it off with some podcasting and some music. Started off with two people, and now look what you got. Yeah. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Fetter by the Lake weekend retreat sponsored by Surly Bikes. We got to get that plug in there. Plug in there. We're and contractually obligated. In conjunction with the huge ass fat bike series. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I predict 300 people tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be oh, a yeah. beautiful day in the neighborhood. We're going to have a, we're going to have a snick of fresh snow lightly, lightly, you know, just sprinkled with strontium-90 and some, some gamma radiation. Maybe just a side order of asbestos. Little sand. Do they have a uh, disclaimer dust? about the dust that's in the air? No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all look pretty healthy. No, no more power plant to worry about, just the remains. Yeah, just the spent fuel rods that are sitting in some casks. Ooh, look, we've got some riders. We have a live riders on the stone. Almost running over the bartender. Nice job there. Shannon and tip JP. Tip her well. And she gets a good tip at the end. Right on the night. dance floor. If only there was video to go with this. <laughs> yeah, we need some uh, we need some derby music <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're going around in a counterclockwise circle. Who's the big winner? Shannon Chapwes. <laughs> Sponsored All right. by uh, like Thumper Wheels or Dirt Dirt Components, right? Chat. That uh, I could I couldn't multitask. I was about to like get out there with a chair to close it up. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, hey. So J.K., it's been a long time since yes. you and I shared, you know, the same set of headphones, airwaves. Well, uh, the fun girl. Kind of hit and miss. Yeah, the fun duro. This is the fourth of the series of the fun duros. I took a, I took a trip to the wayback machine and <laughs> and kind of looked back at all those leading up to this because you know I'm a nervous mess before. Any of us. Why you just need a little? Ah! That's why you just had a little, had a little sippy poo, didn't it? Oh, that was the uh, last one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all. And, and it's back. That, that's how, that's how I knew Sven could pull this together. Plus the hundredth show. 
Yeah. The yeah, freaking yeah. hundredth show. I looked at that picture too and was like, oh, being on stage <laughs> south. Oh yeah. You, Sven. That was some good stuff. Oh, J.P. Yeah. Lemaire. <laughs> El Rongo. El Rongo, yeah. yeah. And, oh man, and I, the had, Bernie Sanders I had taken campaign. out so <laughs> hard a couple of times during that night. Oh, oh the bucket ball? Patrick Siegel, the derbying inside in oh, the yeah. show, just like completely wiped out my front wheel. And <laughs> bucket ball, Spinner T. Ryerson, who will be on the show later, he, uh, he took me out. But, you know, that's bucket ball. Oh, yes, yeah. If you don't like pavement and scabs, <laughs> football might not be the sport for you. Yeah, well, I, I got a easily, game. easily crash course in it. Yeah, where it was a point of uh, I'm okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so we're I, I get the theory completely on this, and oh, we're we're, we're, we're running a foul of the Wi-Fi here again at the Illinois Resort and Convention Center. Oh, uh, we got nothing. So I'm going to call Mr. Peterberry and uh, let him off the hook and do a quick interview with him and get it into the show in a couple of days. All right. This is, uh, if you come down to the Illinois Resort and Convention Center, you're going to be phone-free for the most part. <laughs> so, if you, yeah, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, Wi-Fi. I, the phone still works, but. All right, let me give him a call so we don't let him sit out there waiting for nothing. All right. Well, they're getting him on the phone. We're going to play y'all a new song. This one's called Awake and Dreaming. And it goes like this. guys are jamming. What song was that? Uh, Awake and Dreaming. All right. 
Well, we just got off the phone with Mr. Peterberry, even though y'all can't hear him, we're gonna interview him later in the week and get uh, Mr. Daisy here to plug that right into the show. It's gonna be just like butter. And uh, same thing with Amelia, she was also very understanding. Technology is just letting us down, but uh, that doesn't mean we don't have a show, so. Uh, there's Gomez right there, look at him, look at him running away. He's like, hey, this thing's all going to hell in a handbasket right here. <laughs> Let's do a sock toss. Oh, yeah, sock toss. Rip. Yeah, buddy. We're throwing stuff out to the crowd. Well, by we, it's the royal we. The royal Daisy. The royal we. The royal we. Good name for the royal we we. So, uh, what do you got? <laughs> it's time to pull this show right out of your ass. <laughs> well, so no Jay Peterberry. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm going to catch up with him in, later in the week, and we'll, we'll have well, him so on the show. Do, but we should do an outro of that and say, hey, that was great to hear from Jay, wasn't it? That was awesome. Thanks very much for being on the show, Jay. Yeah, you know, he is such... A character. True acting. <laughs> That's been. Thank you. So, we're going to do this thing where we're going to give away the Pugsley World Championship. So, dun, 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 there's dun. a huge ass race tomorrow, which right. 300 people on a closed course, full contact, razor blades, motocross. And, and that's only the racing. beginner class, the citizen yeah. class. Hammerschlagen is involved. If oh yeah, I'm not it was it was uh, listed as uh, short and fun for the citizen and fast and fun for the elite, I think. And there's something called the adventure camp or something. You get points for it. And <laughs> I saw this. I saw this at the last race. If you do that part of the race, which takes like five minutes, you have to pull off and they have to do some sort of trick or whatever. Um, they had pinned the tail on the Sam Squatch, I think, or something. Uh, nice. Last time. Sounds like a bonus checkpoint at the River West 24. Yeah. There you go. So if you do that, they pick a person in random that's like huge-ass king of the day. I mean, you know, that's, that's my plan for the, uh, if I could put a plug in for the Danger Gnome podcast. <laughs> well, heck yeah. If you can't plug it on this show, what show can you plug it on? Indeed. So <laughs> that we're going to interview that person tomorrow. Uh, Amelia, she's going to be around tomorrow, so we'll get to talk to her on the Danger Dome. Um, and Shannon, who's out in the crowd, uh, or, yeah, there he is, he's, uh, he's going to be on the show. Oh, right on. Tomorrow. And then after that, though, there's, there's steeped in mystery, and uh, uh, I made a hashtag of Skid Circus, Skid Circus Contest. I don't know what, what, what it was, but it was something that was supposed to be clever, and uh, Aaron Domeyer from Surly is gonna be here, and you're gonna, he's gonna give away a couple of sets of wheels, and there's gonna be stuff burning, and skids, and- Can't believe how much stuff's getting given away, including that ax over there. Yeah, and that's, that's kinda what I'm getting to, but you're gonna interview Spinner We're about gonna that, ax right? him about that later. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So there's so, there's so many different layers at Fatter by the Lake Weekend Retreat sponsored by Surly Bikes. <laughs> that it's, it's almost like a marathon. You should get like a 22, 23, whatever it takes sticker for participating in every one of the events. Participant. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know. I like a tin or merit badge. All right. Uh. So after after that Sunday, what are we, Chris? What are we doing on Sunday? So Sunday is the traditional Zion Cyclery Taco Ride Fabular. Oh yeah, tacos by uh, our neighbor uh, Los Tres Hermanos, and they're pretty fabulous. And so we basically eat tacos. We ride all the trails on Illinois Beach State Park, and then we come back and eat more tacos and drink some beer. <laughs> That's the agenda, people. So it's a complete weekend of fat bike fun. Yes. And are we going to ride the trails that if there's snow, deep enough snow, that you're going to get to groom? That is the plan. If we do ever get deep enough snow to groom, they've been pretty open to us grooming down here now. So 
We've kind of temporarily maybe lost our beach, but we may have gained some snow grooming. So, you know, you give and take sometimes, people. But hey, we'll see. Are you gonna get a sweet Wagner one-piece like snowmobiling like jumpsuit? Uh, cor- I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> nice. The poo-poo ass flap. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do need a sweet snowmobile, though. My wife's here. Maybe she can approve right now. Approve the snowmobile. Oh, oh she says. Shaking her head no. She says yes. <laughs> hey, you got, you got a new amp, man. What more do you want? <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> Lots of it all. What, what, else, what else you guys got going on? Oh, we've got some gigs in the beautiful city of Kenosha, Wisconsin. January 18th, we're playing the Great Chili Cook-Off at Hat Tricks. That's a classic. The Great. Uh, yeah. Gotta get you up to Milwaukee one of these days. Yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get up there for sure. And uh, Circle A, that's your huckleberry up there. Okay, that sounds good. I'm in. I'm on. I'm on. Hey, everybody, we're back. Got Hi. Mr. Spinner Ryerson here. Hi, everybody. And uh, still JK. Hello. Taking a powder at this time as Gomez. <laughs> so, Spinner, um, the Pugsley World Championship first edition was 2011 in Decorah. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know what year it was. <laughs> um, we have the. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> We have the axe here, but I thought maybe a little bit of a history of the Pugsley World Championships might be in order. Oh, uh, sure. I guess uh, kind of what started out, uh, if you know Jeff Friedhoff, who um, he's a community do-gooder in the Decorah, Iowa area, and um, him and uh, O'Gara and I were riding, talking about single speeds, and um, Friedhoff was the one who said, why doesn't that happen in the winter? Why isn't there a fat bike race like that? And if you put one on... I will donate $500. I remember the $500 part of the deal. Which was a big deal because if you won the Pugsley World Championship race, you got $500. And it was $500 to $1 bills. Remember the Second stack. place gets nothing. <laughs> First loser. Third place gets nothing. So that actually had a pretty big draw. We brought a lot of people down from uh, Minneapolis. Uh, Saab lived in Decor at the time, and a lot of the QBP um, Studs came down, you know, Hollywood, Henderson raced it. Um, I remember, remember seeing a uh, kind of a home-built version of a big dummy at that first race. Uh, yeah, that, uh, Ira built his, uh, welded together a Pugsley and a back end of a, of a big dummy to make a big fat dummy, the first big fat dummy. I think that was the first race. Yeah. That, that was, was a point-to-point where we started in Cresco, Iowa and raced uh, snowmobile trails and gravel roads. Which was uh, quite a challenge. Um, it was snowy and windy that year, too. It was really cold. And the best story is when Hollywood came through the halfway point to town of Ridgeway, which was about like 15 miles through the trails. Um, you know, he, he was wearing his full spandex getup, including the spandex shorts. And his man region was freezing. <laughs> so as he pulled up through town, Saab was standing there. He's like, Saab, let me have your hat. And, he t- and Saab, like, gave it to him, and that, he shoved it straight down his pants and kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> and when he got to the finish line at the end, he gave it back to Saab, and Saab put it back on his head, and that was it. There you go. <laughs> yep. So uh, I know that uh, Friedhoff was the first Pugsley World Champion axe holder. Yes. And uh, that was at the point when you did the race, and you were eligible to do the shenanigans after, and... and Win the axe. Yeah, I'm trying to think what were the games at that first one. Was that the King of the Hill? Uh, King of the Hill, I think, was the second one. Did we have some teeter totters the first year, maybe? The tug of war. Tug of war, that's right. When you yep. tug of war and then you pulled somebody's bike out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. 2012 was Colin Ford's year. That's right. Eric Cohn. Yeah. And uh, Dave Lenz awarded himself a trophy. He just found a plunger in a bathroom. And right. Said he won yep. something. <laughs> Remember that one for sure. I was going through some of the pictures earlier, and uh, if I can put together some kind of video slideshow, I'll try to do that. Because going back, you know, eight, nine years ago now, those are some pretty interesting remembrances of some of the early fat bike racing that happened in the Midwest. 
Yeah, it was kind of before like the big series had started. And, I don't uh, know. We didn't know exactly what we were doing and how it was going <laughs> to work. Um, like we put in a lot of thought. The course was never the same. Um, the first year was a point to point. Um, a lot of working out logistics with getting people's cars from the, you know, the start to uh, the finish line. Um, one year it was mostly a gravel race when we didn't have as much snow. There, uh, another year we uh, had a lot of trails involved. And um, you know, uh, we raced on snowmobile trails until we got kicked off of those. So the first four years were, were uh, very different. Um, how, did, uh, how did Chewy end up winning in 2013? What he, I, there's a picture of him in the basement, I think, in his underwear with an axe. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that one went, but um, basically it was kind of a, a best in show <laughs> of the event. So at the end of the night, I would just pick somebody and be like, here you go, you win. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, Chewie helped me put on quite a few of them. And he actually, I think, I'm going to guess it was 2016, um, he hosted Pugsley Worlds up in Rochester. And it was a board game. Yeah, is that when they had the, uh, was it apples or shoots and ladders or something? Yeah, he made his own Bugsy World board game, and they had a little ride, and then they played a board game in a bar, and then uh, that's how they... That uh, must have been 16 or 17. I'm looking at Mike McColgan, one in 2014. Yep. That was by virtue of the fact that he takes kick-ass photos, or I'm not sure how he got it, but... I'm not sure either. I'm sure I awarded it. I don't know how, but um, he's deserving. (laughs) Uh, Well, and then as far as the final name on the axe is O'Gara in 2015, so... Yeah, and that's when I wasn't there. Um, I wasn't able to make that one. And I think uh, Kirk Johnson ran that one. And um, I'm not sure. I know they had to jump the shark um, because of the fat bikes have jumped the shark. And everybody was saying the fat bike thing is over. It's a fad. So they had a shark jumping contest. And <laughs> somehow he won that. And somehow that's the year that the Axe decided to leave and not return. Uh, I thought that was the year. Didn't he, like, hide it in the bar like he... He hit it in the corner of the bar, and then Dave found it the next year, and it hadn't moved. And then it, it awarded it to uh, <laughs> yeah, Chuck Willie. Yeah. So he just stole it and awarded it, which is kind of with the theme of the whole uh, Pugsy Worlds. Um, <laughs> as I'm looking at the, the axe now, I remember we had a, a just a side grinder, and we were in the back of Deke's shop. We cut a surly Pugsley rim in half. Or is that a 24-inch rim? I think that's a 24. Might be a 24 um, large marge. Yeah, and then we uh, just cut a tire, mountain bike tire, and made a handle. Um, And, yeah. So it hasn't, it traveled uh, pretty well for the first couple years, and now it's uh, it's time to get it back out there and have somebody win this thing. So the kind of the new format separates this from the Pugsley World Championship race that might still happen in Decor at some point in the future, and turns it more into a uh, traveling trophy with uh, somebody getting awarded the axe at an event with several possible uh, components and then they'll custode it for a while and then come up with another event somewhere else and that's up to them to do that at that point. Right, yeah, I'd like to see it, uh, you know, take, putting on a race somewhere that um, if you don't know the area, that's always gonna be tough and you never know what's gonna happen in the winter. Like I know um, kind of where I live, Depends on if the snowmobile tra- if there's snow, then you have snowmobile trails. But if there's no snow, you're not allowed on them. So depending on the time of year and what the weather's like, you might have 30 miles of trail, you might have none. So um, the idea here is, it, is that the Pugsley Games, the, the axe was never awarded to um, the winner of the race necessarily. And I don't think it ever happened where the winner of the race won the axe. That so, doesn't look like it. No. So... <laughs> 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 um, the, the idea being is that it's always been the games and, and the stupid stuff that happens at the after party where the axe is awarded. So I would like to see, you know, um, Steve puts on a great race like Sweaty Yeti. If we just bring the Pugsley games to after his race or one of George's races or down here. Or maybe, you know, it could even be at, uh, what's Zito's, uh, Urban Cross? Urban Jungle Cross, yeah. Urban Jungle Cross is something like that where... Um, there's a cool event, and everybody can do their race piece, and then we just bring in the, the after event and award the axe there. Right on. So it's going to happen here at Fatter by the Lake uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night. Yeah, when's this going to post? Eh, probably next week sometime. Oh, okay. So I think what we're going to try to do is a go post ghost ride where you have to ghost ride your bike about 20 feet, and you have to get it through the goalpost in order to qualify for the next round. Right on. Ah, so, 
So don't, you're, don't bring your fancy carbon bikes. I might have to lend this guy out. Hey, your $5,000 <laughs> bike going through the goalpost. That's a, I want to say my Pugsley is sitting right in front of us. It's the white one. It's my fourth one because I broke three. And this one is probably, probably got like 600 bucks in this baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's kick-ass. Yeah. You see if you can break it again tomorrow is the idea. Uh, this one's lasted quite a bit. You can see the scars on it, the buckleball scars. Um, yeah, it's been hard. I've been uh, trying to preserve my white tires. I rode it in single speed Arizona, and my tires turned like orange. The <laughs> <laughs> sand and the dirt and stuff. So um, it only comes out in the winter now. Right on. <laughs> so after the after you qualify, you're going to have a few other events to weed out and yes. crown a champion. So I'm going to have to look and see kind of what the terrain is around here. Unless we do something like, uh, you know, data science, cycling, or whatever, if we, what the parking lots are. And parking lots, there. we got a beach, we got, there's plenty of stuff to work on. Some cool alley stuff, maybe, we'll see. We will see. So that's uh, Saturday night. We will have a champion, and probably you'll hear about it on some future show. A new Pugsley champion. Yeah! All right, well, thanks for filling us in on that. See if Mr. Daisy and ex-uncle's ready for another song. I think he just received a request. Did you see? Oh, right. You got it. You, did he put money in your pocket? Uh, for the ticket, raffle ticket. Oh, right on. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I thought he requested free. Yeah, just busted it. <laughs>
Hey, Amelia. How's it going? It's going well. Very good. Um, we're kind of inserting this into the show we did live on Friday night just because of our technical difficulties down there. Yeah, no problem. So I'm just going to basically, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome you to the show just like we were talking at that point. But <clears throat> I think it'll be obvious through the through our chat that this really happened later but <laughs> that's okay do you want me to try to have the perspective of a couple days ago uh no that's okay i i, okay. I mean it's yeah it, it, they get they had really bad wi-fi at the hotel so it was like we couldn't get a signal for the phone and stuff and for it's just sure. like, ah. yeah the place is like awesome and weird at the same time right so. yeah for sure <laughs> all right so i will i will start now all right all right, everyone, please welcome Amelia Kegel from Wheel and Sprocket and the Huge Ass Fat Mike series. Um, hello, hello. Hello there. Yeah, I, thanks I, for having me. I think you got a, you actually have a hyphen on your name now, don't you? I do. I just uh, got married, did the plunge, did all that. Right but it's on. great. Yeah. Um, fun time. I think we kind of caught up with you that day, sort of. That was the day of the, the steel is real ride in Milwaukee, and we got to uh, enlighten and <laughs> There was the, a very large bike parking area. I'm like, what the heck's going on at this place? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm yeah. so glad to hear it. Yeah, you know, we had a bike processional parade, which was like, you know, at first I was like, is this a little more trouble than it's worth? But it was absolutely awesome. Definitely recommend it for everyone who likes to ride with their partner. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, special. Definitely a cool thing. So uh, it's winter now, and yeah. um, we're basically halfway through the huge-ass series. Um, you and I were just down in Illinois for race number three at, at, uh, Illinois beach state park in Zion. And, uh, just kind of wanted to get your perspective on how the season's going and maybe clue people in a little bit that might not know what the huge ass series is all about as to what they can expect from the remaining three races. For sure. Yeah, we're so excited. We're actually on our fifth season of Huge Ass, which is pretty awesome and is honestly, like in my personal life, made like winter fun. Like it really has. So, uh, yeah, we're really, we try to be something different. So, you know, all of us Keggles kind of grew up in the bike industry, been going to a lot of races, a lot of like, you know, pretty serious things. But there's something about like bikes that are just inherently fun. And like, it seems like the people who like riding, especially in the winter, like have this little bit of edge of wackiness. So we wanted to create a series that was like something different, something that really emphasized like having fun and finding new places and bringing awesome people together on fat bikes in the winter. And yeah, so we decided like, you know, we'd cool, go to great new places. But we didn't want to take it too seriously. So we started with paper plates, um, and then we're like, how are we going to do the scoring system? We found a bucket and a thing of tires, and we're like, oh, this will work. So whoever finishes first throws their you know, plate in the bucket, and that's who's going to win. And throughout the five years, it's just been awesome because we're really trying to have a, like, very welcoming atmosphere. We recognize, like, not everyone has tried a fat bike before. And we really want to grow the, like, category. So we try to be, like, 
very fun, keep it like pretty simple. And, you know, I think it's been really well received. So yeah, that's kind of how he just started. Yeah. I noticed a lot of um, plaid shirts out there. I think you get, you get a few extra points for dressing in plaid. Is that correct? For sure. You know, like spandex and lycra is like very special. It has a good place in my heart, but you know, we thought we'd uh, base the series on a fictional lumberjack who has come to life over the last couple of years. And yeah, so we wanted to reward people for, you know, dressing up in costume, doing things a little wacky. And then uh, you always get points if you have flannel on you or your bike. And I've been very pleased to see the creativity that has come out through the years. <laughs> it's been great. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of uh, lumberjacks in, in the woods. Um, yeah. Another thing that I uh, found on the course when I was riding around taking photos was <laughs> a shortcut. Uh, is oh, that, yes. Is that something that happens at every race? We try to do a shortcut all the time, and, you know, we've always done a beer shortcut, right? Because, like, we're Wisconsinites. It's cold. Y'all deserve a beer. Um, but this was a funny one. We went down to Illinois, and we forgot, like, you can't drink in the parks, in the uh, state parks there. So this year, uh, we got a little creative, and we had a s'mores shortcut. So you had to roast a marshmallow and wait a little bit and then eat that mellow. Um, and it was super funny. So, yeah, it was a good one. Dan, Dan was kind of the master of ceremonies down there, I think. And he kept going, oh, these are so good. He was, I don't know how many he had trying to demonstrate to the other people that were coming and how to do this so that they can make a s'mores. Uh, I think it was my kind favorite of, thing was seeing, uh, you know, people had s'mores in their pockets for later. So yeah. that was pretty great. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like some people weren't really familiar with what a s'mores is. I'm kind of surprised, but uh, they kind of Who figured it out. People? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we're glad to expose people to the awesome ways of camping and enjoying the outdoors so yeah yeah so um the the course was a good one down there at the beach because there was some sand to deal with with the fat bikes definitely having uh, a major advantage in that kind of a terrain uh, I was just looking over the the races I've been I think I've been to every one of these places <laughs> but I can't really remember them being as sandy sand valley obviously but uh how do you find uh, a course that's kind of conducive to fat bike fun? Yeah, you know, so the original thought was that we were going to throw a race next to a park near every single one of our wheel and sprocket locations. So the first couple of years, we kind of followed that pattern. But the last couple of years, we've been able to partner with uh, just cool places. So you know, like Sand Valley, for example, someone reached out to us and we were like, what, hundreds of acres of sand dunes? Like, that sounds awesome. Let's go there. Um, this last race in Zion, you know, it's been really awesome to partner with other bike shops and other people who love bikes. So working with Chris at Zion and you guys at fatbike.com, like we just thought it was a natural, like let's team together and do something cool. And I don't know, there's too much like hatred in this world and a little bit of like, oh, we can't work together. But honestly, it's so much more magical when people do. So I thought this last weekend was really, really quite special. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time. I was there both Friday and Saturday nights. And uh, while your race was in, in the daytime on on Saturdays, some there was some shenanigans on Saturday night that <laughs> awarded our uh, Pugsley World <laughs> Championship axe to a new axe holder and and so yes. there was there was a bunch of yeah it was really fun just because like the whole weekend was about fat bikes and and for sure and having fun something and, to be celebrated I think absolutely yeah right on so um, the next one's at is at Regner Park in West Bend on the twenty fifth so folks still have time if they want to uh, partake in the fun how do they go about uh, registering and is it for sure. So all you got to do is find a huge ass dot bike or just type into the Google huge ass. We come up pretty good there. Uh, Regner Park is going to be a good one. Uh, it's an awesome park with a lot of mixed terrain. So kind of like we, what we just had. But the cool part is there's some single track uh, through the woods there, too. So it's going to be an awesome course and really looking forward to it. There's an ice rink that I'm trying to figure out a way to get into there, too. But, uh, yeah, all you got to do is register online, or you can register day of in person if you're more like that. But, uh, yeah, we really encourage people of all abilities to come out. Like, if you've never tried a fat bike, like, you're really missing out. Like, it's just so much fun. Um, so we have 10 rental bikes at every race, too. They're first come, first serve. But, uh, yeah, it's a great way to get out there and try something a little, a little different. Very good. Yeah, I saw that I think uh, Specialized uh, had some demo bikes, and I think Surly had some demo bikes too, so you might run into a spot where you can try s several different fat bikes if you haven't done it before. 
yeah for sure or just like you know talk to the person next to you and be like hey what's that ride like and the great thing about the fat bike community is i really do think it's a lot of like-minded people a lot of you know a little bit of a weird taste to the rest of us but uh you know i think we all get along pretty good so and and then i see you have some more local stuff going on this the snow alley rally is has that really i mean we haven't had a lot of snow since october so i don't know if that's something that's mandatory for your fun but uh uh, definitely not. We always can make a course out of anything, but uh, this one's a fun one just to keep people engaged. And, uh, you know, racing around a building is always fun. Racing around a cornfield is always fun. You just, uh, it's always good to get people together and just kind of uh, stretch the muscles there and see who's really, who's got the skills these days. Very good. So uh, there's, then, then there's two more races in February and. Uh... Yeah, we're super excited for this Blackhawk one in Middleton. So, we somehow coerced a private um, ski and bike club to let us all come for the day. So we're really excited about that. And, you know, you also get to be a member for the rest of the season there. So that's kind of a cool thing. But this place is really built up and the uh, single track's amazing. It's just super fun. And that one will be guaranteed some snow because we'll go on the cross country uh, snow blown trails there too. So. Oh, Even fun. if we don't have natural strength, <laughs> no, we'll have something to go on. Yeah, I put my order in. Hopefully, we'll have some by then. So. <laughs> yeah, and then the season finale is at Sand Valley Golf Resort, which is in Nakusa, Wisconsin, kind of the central state by Wisconsin Rapids there. It is Wisconsin's only desert ecosystem, and it's just the neatest place in the world. So if you can travel, that one's definitely worth it as well. Yeah, that one's on my calendars for sure. So. It's, like, really weird. You feel like you're in Arizona. Like, you roll up and there's, like, cactus, and you're like, where am I? Hmm. Very but cool. It's a, yeah, it's quite the spot. So definitely check it out. All right. Well, is there anything else you want folks to know before we let you head back to a day's work? You know, our tagline is always, at Huge Ass, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. So, uh, yeah, we encourage you to come out and really just try something new if you haven't done a fat bike race before. We feel like we're a pretty welcoming place to start. Right on. Well, again, thanks for taking the time to talk to us and, and have for a good sure. rest of your day. Yeah, thank you guys and for all you do. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks forever. Yeah, for bye sure. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Hello. Hello, JP. It's Sven. Yeah. How's it going? It's Sven from Fat Bike Radio here. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. A little chilly in Milwaukee, but uh, still a nice day out What's there. Chilly, man. Uh, I was ten this morning, ten degrees. Not quite, Perfect. not quite what you get probably, but uh, still a little bit on the cool side. Thirty degrees here. Oh, right on. <laughs> kind of nasty. So we're we're catching you uh, in between a couple of uh, events that you've been uh, putting together for quite a while out there. And it's been a couple of years since we talked to you, so I just kind of wanted to catch up and see see how life's treating you and, and talk about some of the stuff you're doing in the Yellowstone Valley there. Yeah, man. Let's do it. So, just, I just got back this morning, actually. And the uh, this was the Fat Pursuit Camp you had last weekend, correct? Yeah, exactly. That was kind of new this year, just kind of trying to – you know, events are kind of funny in general because you're trying to understand uh, what maybe people want and need. Um, so that was kind of a new thing this year, um, just trying to help people set them up for success for the event, really. I mean, I just – I know a lot of people don't have the opportunity to be in the cold or on this type of snow that we have here, and we have elevation, and, you know, there's just a lot of tricks to the – to riding on snow and just uh, everything that goes along with it. So uh, we kind of concentrated on, yeah, setting them up for success at the event um, as opposed to just kind of winter camping and going into kind of uh, like with our other camp, we kind of go more in depth into the, more of a camping as winter camping aspect to it and tearing apart stoves and fixing things like that and, uh, just more in-depth stuff, and so uh, at this past weekend, we were just really focusing in on how can we help these folks get to the finish line 
and uh, I think it's a good formula. I think it worked out well. Good, um, good. Takes, yeah, it just builds, uh, you know, it takes away the nerves from the participant and really gives them some confidence. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of nervousness going into an event like this, and, and fair enough, they should be. Uh, it's uh, the flat pursuit isn't to be taken lightly. Uh, so yeah, it was great. It was a great weekend. So now I'm back this morning. I was doing a bunch of management stuff last night and yesterday, and meeting with land managers and getting grooming stuff in place. You know, I mean, it's complex, right? I deal with two different state agencies, Montana and Idaho. I deal with uh, grooming districts on both sides, snowmobile grooming districts. I deal with the state park with Harriman State Park. And then we deal with the uh, forest service with that piece of trail as well. So uh, kind of touched all those bases yesterday. And uh, now I'm taking a breather to kind of load everything back up to take off up there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's a, b- a busy time for you, for sure. Um, so you... I enjoy uh, it, though. Yeah, like it's kind of what you live for, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you got to watch it, though. You got to watch it because passion can get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this year you've uh, got the Fat Pursuit race coming up uh, just like in a day or two, and you've got um, bike and ski as well as foot racers uh, available. It, it sounds like that's something new for the event. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, so, I mean, for years, ever since I started, of course, like we, we know winter ultras as human-powered, right? So... Since day one, I've been kind of being asked about it, and I've just been kind of like, I'm a biker, so i kind of been reluctant to do it, but I've always wanted to do it, but I just didn't want to put the effort into it, um, and mainly, it really comes down to timelines, and uh, really, it's that, uh, it's the people on foot, so, you know, I mean that can definitely extend the event with volunteers and my weekend and everything else. And then, um, and of course I was always thinking, well, I got to open up the long distance event to it, uh, to the foot traffic and ski. But then someone, it's, it's really, it was driven by other people saying, well, Jay, why don't you just try opening up the 60 K? Maybe that's a good way to start. And so, uh, so that's what we did. We opened that up to, foot and ski and we actually don't um we don't ask for clarification of uh discipline so you can make up your mind literally the day before when you register oh um, very cool and i and i think that's a cool thing because uh, i know i i'm a multi-sport athlete and i know a lot of other people are around here and things so and we absolutely do have great ski snow um and so for someone to make that last-minute decision, if you're a skier and a biker, I think that's a cool opportunity. Um, and then with doing that this year, that's new, obviously. We also uh, – I wanted some beta testers for the 200K route. And so I have three uh, people on foot and three people on skis that will be beta testing that 200K. And that's just for me to kind of – to see some timelines, see trail use interactions, um, and just to kind of introduce that also to other agencies and things to see that. And, uh, you know, really it's to build upon for next year uh, and help me figure that out. So, yeah, I'm excited for it to see how it all pans out. Um, I've always said we have, uh, with the snow we have, I mean, it'd it'd be interesting to see how skiers fare. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Well, it's, I, it sounds like you're doing it the right way is getting some uh, some knowledge before you really open it up to everyone and make sure that it's going to work and that you have all the yeah. infrastructure in place and all that good stuff, so. Yeah, 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 so it's just, yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> so uh, that's obviously the big stuff that's been happening in your life recently, but um, you've had some other changes over the past year or so uh, regarding sponsors and whatnot. How, how's stuff shaping up for you for doing uh, other ultra races and uh, around the country with uh, the different types of events that you like to participate in rather than organize? Uh, yeah, so I have a calendar shaping up. I mean, my life is still moving on as I would. Uh, definitely a bit, you know, 
just different. The landscape's different, but uh, what I do is not going to change, and who I am is not going to change. Um, and so as far as calendar things, uh, this is the first year I'm not going to Iditarod uh, after 11 years, so that's kind of a change. But uh, the change is I'm going to Morocco for the Atlas Mountain Race, so that's a new event. Um, and it's the same race organizers as the, uh, the Silk Road Mountain Race, which has kind of gotten some popularity over the past two years. Um, so, yeah, in February, I'll be taking off to Morocco and riding a gravel bike, which is kind of crazy because I'm training on snow right now. Um, but uh, that's really exciting for me, something different. Um, I've dedicated so many of my winners revolved around Iditarod, and it's uh, – yeah, I'll miss it when it's going on, but it's kind of really refreshing for me because I'm not all hung up on I did a ride, I did a ride, I did a ride, and I'm actually doing some more fun riding uh, with friends and things like that on snow and just doing some different things and training differently. So it's actually, and this is only the beginning of the winter, but uh, it's been a neat change, and I just, uh, I don't, feel as pressured actually with the Iditarod. I mean, I feel a little bit nervous trying to go and do a uh, a race that's going to be in the spring while it's winter here, but I think that's what I enjoy. I need that challenge and something different, so uh, that's coming right up pretty much as soon as Pursuit's over. Uh, I have another camp after that, and then I'll be just like shutting down and 100% focus on that because that will be just a couple weeks away. Uh, and then uh, I'll be going back to Italy again. I have some other opportunities over there. Uh, I'll be going and riding the Italy Divide as well. Uh, there's a lot of kind of different irons in the fire as well right now, so we'll kind of really see what shakes out. Um, through my years previously, I've had a lot of opportunities that I would – I would softly entertain, but ultimately kind of probably turn down because I was so dedicated to that life of what I was leading. And so I didn't really need to take up on those opportunities. And now, now I am, and I have, yeah, just different opportunities with camps and going other places. Uh, yeah, and sounds like it's cool that it's, Sounds like it's cool that some things are opening up, some opportunities you're able to take advantage of that you might not to have been before. Um, the, yeah. So the races like yeah, the Atlas awesome. and the one in Italy, these are um, multi-day, uh, are they t- kind of Tour Divide-esque style races? The, yeah, the uh, the Atlas Mountain Race, like I said, is organized by the people with Silk Road. Yeah, that's like a, I don't know if it's like 750 miles or something like that. Um so that'll be great. Italy Divide. I've been doing that since day one. I know that race organizer really well. I've helped him out a bit. So this will be the fifth year for that, actually. Um, and that's even a great tour. I highly recommend it to anybody because um, it is Italy and it is that lifestyle. And there's cafes and this and that. But it's an also an awesome race if you want to race it or if you want to just go ride it. So I, I really like that culture over there. And I have other partners over there with uh, Pedal Ed and physique so and i have a touring company that i'm toying with over there so there's just some good stuff but yeah bike packing events and then uh uh some other solid things that are on the calendar is uh i'll be back at dirty kanza xl so um you know that's a that's a family of mine if you will the gravel family and dirty kanza and things so i'm excited to kind of go back there again um and then toying around with that high country route immediately after, actually, Dirty Kansas, which is uh, a route in uh, um, Arkansas that got released last year by Adventure Cycling Association. And now there's an event on it. So there's been some kind of back and forth with those folks over there. Um, we'll see. You know, I'm just kind of taking it a little by little and focusing on kind of in the moment stuff, but also looking down the road um, and just kind of negotiating some other partnerships as well. Uh, but more or less just moving my life forward and <laughs> yeah. doing what I've always done. <laughs> yeah, right on. It, so it, 
doing a couple of different kinds of races, you must have a couple of different kinds of bikes. What, uh, what, what are you currently riding for your snow type and, and then for your gravel type racing? Uh, you know, I, uh, I got rid of most all my salsa bikes except for an older bear grease, which, uh, is actually one of my favorite fat bikes that's ever been made is the older version. So I'm actually riding that right now. Um, and that's shooting me fine. I, you know, um, when it comes to like the whole bike sponsor thing and stuff, like I'm not just going to go chase down and ask for a bike to go ride a different bike. Um, that seems just a bit like fake for me and like, yeah, I could do that. I'm sure I can ask some brands for a bike and get that. But I have a bike here. So, and I like it. So I'm going to ride it. Um, because if I'm not going to commit to a company, I'm not going to just, like, get a product to get a product. I'm just not that type of athlete, if you will, or when I look at sponsorships and things. So that's that's just a weird thing for me. And, you know, I mean, I I understand, you know, you're, you're asking me, uh, you know, what kind of bikes am I riding and things like that. And uh, I've definitely gone down the, the road of looking for a bike sponsor a bit. And then I actually backed off of it because to me, it's like, what does that mean to me? It actually makes me answer that question. Like, you know, I, I like I said earlier, I just don't want to, get on bikes that I don't really feel a hundred percent behind. Yeah. Just yeah. To represent a, just to represent a brand or just to get a paycheck. Like I had those conversations and I actually kind of walked away from them and said, no, nah, I don't feel good about this. This isn't right. Um, and so, you know, I do have a, some other stuff going on. I mean, most people know, yeah, her Silk Road, I, I rode the, uh, Rodeo Labs bike, the Trail Donkey, and it's an amazing bike and really an amazing brand. And just uh, getting to know those guys has been really fun. Um, I like their uh, personality and kind of who they are. Um, and those kind of relationships are are fun for me. Um, and so I'm kind of like I backed off, and now I'm taking it slow. Yeah, sounds I'm good. Not, uh, so, and that, yeah, and that's good. And, uh, I'll probably ride that bike again for, uh, the Atlas race coming up and, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of see where it goes, you know? Right on. Sounds good. Um, so you had been talking about Iditarod earlier and that this is the first year in a long time you're not going to be doing it. Um, what, what do you have, uh, as a recommendations for folks that are just going to start out, I mean, aside from attending one of your fat camps, what, what, uh, what do people need to know that might be contemplating it at this point as, as it's a mature event now? <sighs> what do people need to know? I mean, there's so much out there now. Uh, you know, it, it's, I like to kind of tell these people to kind of just like take it as like a, take it slow and take it and live in that moment and take it as a camping trip and don't rush it and don't, don't be overly nervous about it. Um, I mean, I mean, you really got to enjoy that type of stuff to have success in it. And, uh, and Alaska in general is just like a, a little bit of a different beast and you're just going to come across some different terrain that maybe one's not used to or the environment they've never been in. So, I mean, it's all about just being prepared. Uh, I don't know if I have any great tips or uh, insight to it for somebody, but um, I I will say, like, uh, you got to really want to do it and don't let the pictures and the Internet fool you into it being such a – this romantic, beautiful thing. And it is – you some if you enjoy that type of uh type two style fun um because it's just it's it's very there is no there is no fallback safety you know 
um, you you are your kind of own safety. And uh, yeah, so just respect it, I guess, is what I have to say. Yeah, cool. Well, um, I know you're busy, JP. I, I really thank you for having a few minutes to talk to us. And uh, I hope it's not a couple of years before we catch up with you again and, and have some other things to discuss. Yeah, chime back whenever you want, man. I appreciate the call. Okay, dude. Enjoy. Yep. Take care, man. Thanks. Bye. Peace. All right. All right. Well, all right. It was a show. We're back after that rousing rendition from our friends from Ex Uncle. Hey, how about a how about a round of applause for Levant, Ex Uncle, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Give, give yourselves a round of applause for the derby action, too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I can't finish the show without toasting Tony Grande. It's his 29th birthday tonight. Happy, Happy birthday, Tony. birthday to you. Oh, my God. Cha, 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 cha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our show tonight. Uh, We'd like to thank Surly Bikes and 45 North and Manitou and um, FatBike.com, Zion Cycling, Huge Ass Race Series. Danger Gnome Podcast. Danger Gnome. No, not in, no. Yeah, maybe. How <laughs> <laughs> about the Everyday Cycling? Full Spectrum Cycling Full. Show thing. <laughs> Showgram. I Showgram. I get that right? <laughs> it's, it's, you know... You reach 60 and your brain stops working. Maybe it stopped a little earlier. I didn't notice. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. And uh, we'll have Vex Uncle take us out of this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our dance number. <laughs> this is a brand new one. It's called Unicorn Porn. You can guess what it's about.
dragon scream. 